Welcome everyone to the Sickos Committee podcast. This is our podcast for the evening of the Ides of March, 2023. I would like to apologize to everyone in advance. Tonight, I'm not drinking Fernet straight. I'm drinking water, so I'm not gonna be nearly as funny or argumentative or confrontational. I loved that our followers were asking if I was a fucking Argentinian bartender or if I knew one, because why else would I be drinking Fernet? valid question. Also, shout out to Mansion Hell, who gave me big credit for drinking that. Thank you very much. She she was just like, sickos, yes. It's so good. (laughs) It's so good. Guys, guys, it's so good. I've never had it, but uh, I I was a bartender for like seven years in New Orleans, so I've seen it before, but I just never drank it, and like only maybe like two people that I encountered wanted this, and I was like, okay. It was like the bottle that we had in the bar that was just in, in the back. And it was very dusty. Dusty, so um, dusty. It would it would hang around with the Galliano, the uh, Chambord, you know, that those type of liqueurs. Maybe some uh, the the aperitif stuff. Uh, okay, that, so, know, so no, so no joke. My friend brought some of her bar and definitely brought her Galliano and Chambord. Yeah, it's just like that's what I would see it paired like next to, and then like there would be like the bottle of like sweet vermouth that nobody would ever order a Manhattan. I, I don't think I, I made like one just to see what it tasted like for myself, but nobody Wait. in New Orleans would ever order a Manhattan. Oh. Manhattan has sweet remove? Yeah. Uh, you, you cut the glass. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. And you just coat the glass with it, swirl it around, and then and then throw in the bourbon and the cherry. Yeah, you, you can I was... make Manhattan variants with Fernet, which is why Obnoxiously Pit Boyfriend bought it in the first place. Um, and we still have some. It's fine. I just would not like it. It's good in things. I would not. It's, it's real good. It's it. real good. With just I would not drink a little it. Over ice. Yeah, a little over ice. <laughs> Drinking it straight. <laughs> like, it was like sickos. No. Other people are like, oh my God, what is wrong with you? What is wrong like, with him? Oh my God. Like, yes, it's great. And then one guy told us our, uh, one, one replier told his story. He was just like, I was, I was drinking with some Argentinian friends and they, they had me drink this. And then, you know, I, I, I couldn't stand it like the first time, but I didn't want the bottle to go to waste. And by the time I finished the bottle, I was that's hooked. That's how they get you. And I was like, that's, that's how they yeah, get yeah. you. Yeah, it's how they get you. The, the real move is Sicko's collective bottle of Malort, though. Someday. Yeah. I, I need to, I, I haven't tried it. I, I will, again, like my, my motto is basically I'll try anything once, essentially, to drink or eat. Like, I'm not going to judge, you know, if you're, let's go in the Skyline Chili debate or anything like that. But I'm not going to judge. I will try it. I will try your weird regional food once. <laughs> will I try it again? I don't know, but I will give it a shot. Uh, <laughs> I'll just say that. And so with the Fernet, I will try it. Um, and, and the Malort, I will try it. Will I like it? I don't know, but I will give it a shot. I'm excited. I'm excited for this. More off-season contents. Content, bitters and herbal liqueurs. <laughs> a tasting. I'll come to San Antonio for that. We'll put the camera up. It'll be great. So I, I want to start with today by talking about Something that I had forgotten about. Yeah, there is something you've forgotten about. Oh, your names. Mm-hmm. Yes, with me tonight. <laughs> As always, I am Jordan. <laughs> then I have my special reminder every week. Thank you, Pickle. Someone has to remember. Someone has to remind me. Someone has to remember. And then Commissioner Escalante. Pickle, how are you doing? I'm I'm good. Uh it has been an excellent but admittedly bizarre and tiring last couple of days. Uh about which I will elaborate later. Mesh, how are you? I, I'm doing good again. Tired, newborn, you know, young kiddo, very tired, really upset that some idiot neighbor honked the horn at like 1 a.m. last night. I don't know why, 
and then that woke up uh, the baby. And so gotcha. uh, not, not much sleep here. Um, I'm very well caffeinated, so I may not be able to sleep tonight. Uh, so I'm a little hyper, just on straight caffeine to try to make it through the day to deal with the other kiddo. And for some odd reason, I've, I found myself playing Stardew Valley again. Yes. Um, yes. So I, I started that and I had like a couple of saves where I was really far and I've done the community center and whatever. I, I went the sicko route this time. I, I went, I went Joja Cola and I'm, I'm like kind of in the beginning of it. I'm still in the first year, but I'm, I'm heading that way because I've never went that way. And it just feels like the sicko thing to do to try that out. Who's your lady this time? I don't, I don't have one. Um, don't have a lady this time? No, no. Previous ones. Uh, I think, uh, Penny was the one. And then I don't no, I don't think I never made it. I only had like three saves because I wanted to try the different maps. The oh, ones yeah, that they yeah. came out with, like the new maps instead of just the original one. So yeah, I think Penny was one for me and then I'm doing the Jojo route. I'm I am playing the field this this year right now. I don't know, but I'm just like just not Penny again. I'll just I wanna settle down. No, you don't no, settle, I don't settle down. I'm having fun. I'll I will I will give out the the you know, the artisan goods. <laughs> Oh yeah, uh, it's, it's yeah, all the yeah. ladies to get them to like yeah. you. Yeah, you want you want some of that that salmon berry jelly and and you want all that good stuff. Just make but sure yeah, you I, Abigail rocks. She loves those. She loves that's her. right, she definitely. I'll, I'll passing out the amethyst to Abigail or whatever and what, whatever. I, I just recovered the shorts of the mayor. <laughs> oh yeah, uh, because they were at Marnie's place for and some other reason. I haven't played this in ages. I need to go back to it. I yeah, it's it's it. been fun. I I got it on the Wii. Uh, I'm sorry, not the Wii. The uh, switch sorry Same thing. I, I, I don't, the nintendo the nintendo thing that's here and then i can like with the baby not sleeping and yeah. i'm like you know i can have like the the switch in my hand i've been I'm picking that up lately but i'm sure we'll get a lot of opinions on like how could you marry this person uh or something in in the replies it's like oh my god how could you go jojo like, everyone has <laughs> everyone has best waifu you have to mm-hmm. you have to know which which waifu mm-hmm. you want I always marry okay. Elliot, but I also like that's Leo, what I do. for the record. <laughs> yeah. So so what you're saying to me, Kamish, is that me being like, oh, I feel so old. I drank all weekend and did other things. And, oh, I hurt. You're just having no, no fucking, like, sympathy for me right now is what I'm hearing. <laughs> I, I understand what you're going through. I can empathize with it. There we go. Empathy, uh, not sympathy. There we go. That's really important. Not, That's really not important. sympathy. That's again, you know, again, I can, I can get what you're going through because I've been there. I, I'll say that. Uh, right now, I'm, I'm not doing the, the competition thing. Like, I am more tired than you. You have no reason to complain. I'm not one of those people that is just like, you don't know, you don't know how tired you are until you have a kid. I'm like, I'm not doing that. I'm not, not doing that. Like I'm like no way, man. For content though, yeah, you gotta fight me. People everybody... loved our island. People love our islander fight. This is going well. <laughs> the island fight. Seriously, like lines <laughs> are drawn. My God, there was like replies for the island fight. We're just I loved it because other, I was just other people's I, I Twitter was... threads about the island. Yeah, have drawn us into them. Mm-hmm. We started. We started, mm-hmm. uh, you know, a, a thing, and then like other accounts this morning were talking about the islands, and I'm like. And then we keep getting tagged, and I'm like, you know, is it an island? I don't, I don't know. And it's nope. just like, it's one of those fun things just to argue about. And I mean, are we passionate about it? That's, I mean, I, I really want to just drive down there. And and somebody's like, do you need me? I live like like ten minutes away. <laughs> I will go out there and take pictures, and I'll show you that of it's the an land island. of the and land will, that fucking connects. And I will, I will fight them because you know, it's just like <laughs> such ridiculousness. But I. 
it's fun for me for doing the podcast. Like the Twitter account is one level. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, doing the tweets and like, oh my god, we have so many followers. But then the podcast piggybacking that with the Twitter account and then just having a lot of replies and a lot of dividedness. I put it on the Instagram too. Okay. Uh, I was like, I cropped like four or five pictures and put it on the Instagram story. And I yeah, put, you, um, you crop the fucking land out of it. <laughs> no, always. So, it's okay, always well, low. T- it's always high tide bullshit from you. I love the brochure by Texas A&M Corpus Christi too. Cause I mean, they, that is such a beautiful Photoshop of yeah. that, that island. Thing. It is. <laughs> This it's so awesome, but I put it on Instagram. I was like, "Is this is Ward Island an island?" And then I gave people three choices. I was like, "Yes, no, words aren't real," and the winner was words aren't real. Yes. So yeah, yeah, pick girl wins yet again. <laughs> pick girl wins. So before we get started on football stuff tonight, I want to tell you guys about something that I was reminded about today. I'm glad someone reminded me. My wife reminded me actually. Uh, something called the Barkley Marathons. Have you guys heard of this? Only insofar as it showed up in the in the show notes, which I looked at five minutes ago. Okay. I, so, I, I've i never heard of it. And like, I saw you start tweeting and I was just like, I immediately said, all right, tell me about this on the podcast because I have no idea what it is, but it looks incredibly insane and it'd be fun to talk about. I just, I want to, I want to be the podcast host that is not prepared on the topic. Yeah. And I want to live react to it this time. It's so fun. It's, this is, this yeah. is I, both sides of this are so much fun. So it's a race that takes place in Tennessee every year. A guy by the name of Lazarus Lake runs it, who looks like Spencer. <laughs> Let me get you a picture of Lazarus Lake real fast. It, okay. I thought it was. What city in Tennessee is this? Is it, it Lazarus Lake too? No. And the God, person be, and the, okay. In the Discord dropping. Picture of Lazarus Lake. <laughs> oh, my God. I, I, that's Spencer's father. Yeah. I, I think they've actually mentioned that on the on – the, uh, <laughs> As like a side joke on the on the fully asked before. So they've started this race in 86. It's in Frozen Head State Park in Tennessee. And the way it works is that each, it's a five lap race. It starts on trails, but then is very much off trails. Okay. And each lap is around 20 miles. They say, he, the guy that plans at Lazarus Lake says it's exactly 20 miles. But he has added and subtracted things that definitely make it longer than 20. But on the map, it still says 20. You have 60 hours to complete 100 miles. <laughs> Only 13 people, I believe, have ever finished it. Ever. What? Most years, most people don't make it out of the first lap. Usually, most people end up like something happens in the first lap. They don't make it. There is no GPS. There is no altimeter. There is none of that. There is a map at the very beginning of the race that he handwrites. You can, can you copy it on your map? The Okay. Is there like a time limit here? For the, the the map copying or whatever. No, you can you can you can stay, as long as you need to copy it. Okay. But it it's also written as from someone who like is lives around here, so it's a lot of oh you know here's this tree with three trunks on it. If you go to the one with four trunks, that's the wrong one. So it's stuff like that. <laughs> this is great. I have each, never heard of the state park either. This is each, amazing. Each lap basically has around 1200 feet up sorry 12,000 like feet up and down as you go so or not 12,000 1200 so basically you are climbing and descending over and over and over over these 100 miles this is limited to usually only 35 to 40 runners to get into it the requirements are really not available 
to anyone. We know that there's an application somewhere. Uh, you have to, there's an essay that goes with it. It's a, it's a $1.60 application fee. A dollar sixty. A dollar sixty. Yes, it's always been a dollar sixty. <laughs> okay. And is that postage? Well, I mean, it's just, it's just and nice. so, but but no one knows where the entry is. Like you have to know someone to get into this race. Referral only. Yes. There's an essay. You and have if, to write an essay too. And if you're accepted, you get a letter of condolence. I mean, saying, yeah, fair. I'm sorry, you've been chosen to do this. If you are a first-time runner, you have to show up with a license plate from your state or country as part of your entry fee. The normal entry fee is whatever Lazarus needs that year. So sometimes it's everyone brings a, a thing of white t-shirts. Sometimes it's socks. Sometimes it's a flannel shirt. And then if you've already won it before and you're coming back, you have to bring a, a carton of a box of Camel cigarettes too. Now, is it a specific box of Camel cigarettes? Are they like unfiltered? I, I assume uh, he has preferences. Okay, there's got to be some sort of cigarette preference. You can't just be like, here, here's some, here's some Camel lights. He's like, no, no, no. There, there is no way Lazarus is, is just looking at him is smoking Camel lights. Yeah, there's no way. Yeah, at yeah. all. It's, it's got to be the, the regular. You know, they tell you what day the race starts, but only the, but not what time it starts, so that you know <laughs> that it's going to start sometime between midnight and noon. And you get a one-hour warning when he comes out with a conch shell and blows it. Like fucking Lord of the Flies. And then everyone gets ready to go. The race starts when he lights his cigarette. And they go. Assuming it's a camel cigarette. Assuming, yeah. I assume it's a camel cigarette. I assume, okay. And the five laps are run like this. You, you run one lap clockwise in the day, one lap clockwise at night. Lap three is counterclockwise during the day. Lap four is counterclockwise during night. And then for the fifth lap, the first person who starts it gets to choose their direction. And the second person has to go the other way. So the last lap, you actually don't know because you're running in opposite directions from each other. You don't know who's behind you. And in each lap is how long again? 20 miles-ish. <laughs> it's probably closer to 25 or 26 if we're being really honest. So it's like a marathon, like, like a five day long marathon, essentially uh, 60 hours. So 60 hours. Okay. That's uh, so that almost... also, so that 60 hours includes sleep time, which you are allowed okay. if you want. Sure. It's not required because basically once you cannot get help on the course, once you are out, there is no help to be found. If you decide to quit, you have to come back. So there are people who go out and then come back 30 hours later, having quit, but had gotten lost or something. So it takes him that long to get back. It is genuinely remarkable that no one has died doing this. He says that people probably won't die doing this. He's got a good feeling about probably it. Probably won't die. Very yeah. reassuring. Yeah. I great. also I have been reading the Wikipedia page while you're talking, as is my mm -hmm. want. Um yeah. my favorite part about this, on top of all of the other completely bizarre things that have come out of your mouth in the last five minutes. Mm -hmm. Quote, in addition to running, competitors must find between 9 and 14 books along the course. The exact number varies every year. And remove the page corresponding to the runner's race number from each book as proof of completion. Because of this, competitors are only issued odd numbers. Competitors get a new number and thus a new page requirement at the start of each lap. That's how you prove your laps. You prove that you hit all your checkpoints. By at the end, when you come back in to, turn, to, to finish your lap, you pass a, a, like a stack of papers. All the pages you've got. And you have five different numbers over the course of the race. Yes. 
there's no chip time or anything. Again, for $1.16, you're not getting chip timed on this. You're just getting, you know, a dude. Also, like how they call three laps a fun run. That is the fun run. See, there, there are cutoffs depending on... Well, so we'll rewind a little bit. When you come and check in after a lap, you are allowed to go to your camp and get rest or do whatever. But it's also incumbent on you then to leave again. So you have to have done this. And then... Hi, Beth. Hi. And so you had to have done one of these 20, 25-mile laps. And then you come back, check in, and then do... If the math of if I stop moving now, will I ever start again? <laughs> it is it is one of the most brutal races I have ever seen. I really recommend the Barclays Marathon documentary, which is free on YouTube. It's called The Race That Eats Its Young. It's very good. Yeah, that sounds about right. It's very good. The record of the course is 52 hours. 100 so miles five, in 52 hours. So that's five laps. Five, essentially 20 20 mile laps in, in 52 hours. I don't, I don't think that person's slept at all. Most of the people don't really sleep. They come back in to eat calories because most people will burn about 7,000 calories per lap. So just God. literally getting that many calories in your body and keeping them there, plus swapping shoes and socks and covering blisters. And you just see people's legs totally chopped up because you're running through the brush. So things like that. The slowest finish that did finish was 30 it was uh, 5941 so 19 Ooh. minutes before the close people have come in very close to the end and gotten cut off oh, it's happened that's got to be brutal uh, it is yeah br- brutal story from wikipedia uh 2017 gary robbins of north vancouver british columbia almost reached the finishing gate 6 seconds after the 60 hour cutoff almost becoming the 16th runner ever to complete the Barkley. However, he had taken a wrong turn in the final stage of the race, thus cutting two miles off the course. He would have been disqualified even if he had been faster. Quote, the time in that situation is meaningless, Contrell said of the six-second time overage. Eat Arby's. This, so this, this race is, is, this is the eat Arby's of races. This is right on the outside extreme of what people are capable of. And it is, it is insane. I love this thing. I mean, that's, that's a really, really, I mean, it's just fun to just, I'm, I'm going to have to check that out on, on, on YouTube. I don't, I don't do too much on YouTube, but I, I definitely going to have to check that out because I'm just looking at this park, uh, apparently frozen head state park. The nearest city is kind of like Oak Ridge, Tennessee and Knoxville, not too far away from actual city name, Rocky top, Tennessee. <laughs> so, uh, yes, I, I, uh, just, it's, it's hard to hear that song. Uh, but I, the worst blowout I ever attended was, was was you at ULM at Tennessee, and they lost seventy to three. So I heard Rocky Top a little bit, a little bit too much that day. But so I really, I really have trouble hearing Rocky Top. I want to shout out Lazarus Lake's other race called Big's Backyard Ultra. Uh, there's a four point one six seven mile loop in this race. And you have to run one loop an hour until the last person drops. <sighs> so you have to, so you get back early, you get that many minutes to rest, but in the next hour, everyone goes. It's until someone drops. The record in that one, I think is 85 laps. So that's 85 hours of running what four miles an hour. Yeah, it's, that one's pretty rough. Basically I- you have to, you have to complete one extra loop to win it that no one else completes. 
It's like winning the spelling bee. Just, you have to. You have yeah, to you have to go one the more. extra word. Yeah. So this thing, this this thing happens. Apparently, apparently, Lazarus Lake was did an interview in in 2021 on Real Sports with Brian Gumble. Uh, he was interviewed by Mary Carrillo, and Mary Mary asked him if he was a sadist. Uh, <laughs> he responded, "No, people enjoy it. There's just some discomfort involved." <laughs> that's a yes. Yeah, that's an absolute <laughs> yes. My God, what is this? I have never heard Tell of it. Tell us you're a sadist without telling us you're a sadist. <sighs> yep, just a little. So I'm yeah, thinking, good like, times. I, I, I can't imagine like how you would come across this. I mean, just like randomly, but I mean, there's so many different, so many different things that. Uh, I don't know. It's just insane. I have no idea. It's great. How this it's, would start. It's, 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 be- it's beautiful. It's wonderful. I love things like this. <laughs> he lives in a city called Bell Buckle, Tennessee. <laughs> guess, guess the population of Bell Buckle, Tennessee. Oh, it's got to be like 100. 113. 75. What did you say, Jordan? 100. Okay. It, it, it's, it's, it's a big town for, for him. The population was 500. That's oh a man, that's a that's a big time. <laughs> uh, let, let me get you real fast before we go on to our next thing. Let me get you real fast an update on how people are doing in the race currently. This is going on right now as we as we're riding. This is people are on uh, people are on lap four right now. The leaders are at least. Can we go be media this next year? I would I would love to. <laughs> Looks like I'm gonna I'm gonna send you guys a chart in the show note. Oh, sorry, in the uh, what call it in the Discord. Uh, these are the current standings. You can see how much time had elapsed between their uh, their laps, <laughs> and then the plus numbers are since the last time we've seen any seen that person. So it's been 15 hours since the tall guy with beard was last seen. Big smiling guy. I don't know. Yeah, for yeah. for the benefit of the listeners, um, every participant except Aaron Bradner, whose name is just Aaron Bradner, has a nickname, including guy with glasses the other guy guy with mohawk we have two different another bearded guys uh <laughs> small european woman tall guy with beard oh joe mcconaughey also just joe mcconaughey legolas legolas polite guy <laughs> etc nondescript guy <laughs> i like japanese laz tomokazu ihara i need to find a picture of him because he does look like japanese laz <laughs> Uh, tall oh, yeah. guy with beard big smiling guy i wonder if big smiling guy is going to be smiling after this <laughs> well, we haven't seen him for 15 hours yeah considering it's been 15 <laughs> hours and, and it looks like his uh his lap two time is getting a little slow already uh it looks like he's fading fast down the stretch I don't know. anyways if i get an update i will uh let you guys know while we're talking <laughs> amazing some college football talk guys we have our 2024 ireland special Woo! Traditional Irish powerhouses, Georgia <laughs> Tech and Florida State. Hey, hey, Georgia Tech is one and zero in Ireland. All right, are they? They yeah, are. They played Notre Dame okay. that one time. That's they right. beat them. Yeah. Okay, okay. Everybody knows that St. Patrick did not drive the bees out of Ireland. <laughs> they were fine with that. Uh, oh, by the way, oh, there is some breaking news. Sorry, Jasmine okay. K. Paris is has begun lap four. This is small European woman. Let's go Jasmine's, small European Jasmine woman. is the second woman to begin uh, to ever begin a fourth lap at this race. Hell yeah. Girl power. Girl power. And what time does the run cease to be fun? <laughs> oh, I mean, I assumed it ceased to be run 20 hours ago. Like, fun to be 20 hours ago. 
it officially ceases to be fun and becomes serious business at lap four. There we go. Yes. Okay. The fun run is three. My bad. Yes. The fun run is three is 60 miles ish. Past that is the, the real race. I words mean things like fun means something. It definitionally <laughs> does not. The voters have spoken on our Instagram. You missed that on part. Instagram that is right, yeah. That's right. Instagram poll about the Island. Um, you know, was it an Island? Yes. No. Words, uh, words don't mean anything. Words have no meaning. Uh, won the poll. So words, words uh, don't mean anything. So words aren't real. I'm going to go turn in my degree. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Sorry, guys. I failed you. <laughs> Thank you for whoever did the Photoshop. Was that you, Kamish? Did you Photoshop yeah, I, Buzz? I, I, haven't, and, I uh, haven't posted it yet. Okay. It's um, good. I kind of want to post it, but like, I, I, matter of fact, let's do it while we're on the episode. I'll, yeah. I'll just do it for fun. And. Yeah, let me. I think I have it saved. On I was explaining while while he's doing that. I was explaining to my friend that I was hanging out with like this whole this whole thing I'm doing because I hadn't told her because I hadn't seen her in a while. <laughs> and she goes, "Does it make you feel good that people are go like, ha ha ha, your jokes are funny?" I go, "Yeah, it makes me feel good." She goes, "Is that what validation is?" I was like, "Yeah, this is validation. It works for me. <laughs> this works. This is beautiful." I really, I really hope that uh, Katie and other Andrew, the Georgia Tech, our Georgia Tech friend go to this game because I'm excited to see Florida state roll up into like Dublin and just go to town there. I also hope for their sake that the um, cash register stop working again and everyone gets free beer. I feel we're more comfortable sending this game to Ireland than that. I then like Northwestern Nebraska. I feel like this is a better representation. I, I don't <laughs> no, oh, no. I I feel bad for Ireland in this situation because I do not think based off of obviously this is happening in 2024 and lots of things can change between now and then, but based off of current program trajectory ish, I, I, I want to say I was just positive about the ACC for a moment. Okay. So everyone shut the fuck up about how I'm always ACC negative. I said that this was better than sending Northwestern Nebraska. The bar is on the floor. That, whatever. <laughs> Clear the fucking bar. What's, what's this year? It's like Notre Dame Navy, right? Notre Dame Navy. Yeah. It's like, it's a class. It's like, this is more of a classic setup. Thing. Yeah, that's fine. Whatever. Who is the least Ireland team we could send? Yeah, Cal. I was thinking like UCLA, maybe. We did send Stanford Rice to Australia once. Yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> for no good it's reason. Better. That was just for shits and giggles, for vibes, basically. No, it was a throwback to when they were a penal colony. <laughs> yes. I do think that, you know, we last year we did our, we, we, we did our like country champions and we realized that plenty of countries have not had college football in a long time. I mean, the Texas A&I Javelinas are still the champions of, like, most of Central Europe because of a tour they did there in the 60s. <laughs> I feel like I feel like we need to start playing college football in weirder countries. Oh, absolutely. Where is our, where is our Dubai money for this? Ooh. Why hasn't Dubai bought, a, like, an SEC regular season game yet? You know, that's a really good question, especially because Texas A&M has a cutter location already. Make it happen. Uh-huh. And we all know that uh, Doha has extra stadiums literally sitting around right now. Mm -hmm. Yeah, they, they ain't doing anything after the World Cup. They got spares. I think I think that would be great. I also think we need to start doing outreach to like micronations. So San Marino. We do we do love our micronations on this podcast. San Marino host, you know. Sealand Bowl. Can we can we get like one on in Gibraltar? Yeah. Like right by the the I, airport field. Oh yeah. Do it. I love love the I love the idea of of trying to have a college football game over there 
in the midst of whatever Brexit means to Gibraltar, which day by day is a very fucked up thing. Is and there what do I what do I need to do to send Boston College to Vatican City and not send Notre Dame? Oh my god. Oh my oh. god. <laughs> so you send Boston College? Yes. Okay, not and then Notre not send no, Notre Dame. And so, don't send oh god, Notre Dame. So good. Would would like, it... like Boston College in Michigan? <laughs> well, Jim Harbaugh tried to give the Pope a football helmet, didn't he? Yeah, I think I so. Yeah. He did. did he? Okay, yeah. Is there enough space in the Vatican to have a football game, or would we actually have to like move the obelisk in St. Peter's? If you can play a game inside of the Atlantic City Convention Center, you can absolutely play a game in the Sistine Chapel, and I will hear no arguments. I was on this. actually oh, just looking oh, at this because I had said, you know, what if we had a ceiling bowl? Don't hit the don't hit the ceiling with pumps. Don't do it. Sealand, <laughs> uh, for those who do not know, is an unrecognized micronation that claims Her Majesty's Port Ruffs, which is an offshore platform in the North Sea off the coast of Suffolk. That is, is it big enough. It is not big enough. It is approximately oh. one acre, and a football field is one point three two acres. Damn it! <laughs> Damn it! Well, if it's one acre, it can house it can house a sheet. True. So that's good. That's what we offshore sheets. <laughs> offshore sheets. Is, is is tater tots, burritos, and monkey knife fights. Wait, it, the offshore sheets, is it? Is it the crusty Burger that was on an oil rig? Yes, this is basically what Sealand is. Uh-huh. It's perfect. <laughs> I was looking at the Vatican Soccer Stadium. Yes. Apparently, it's it's right outside of the city limits yeah, of Vatican it's, yeah, City. Yeah, it's, it's not in the walls. It's in Rome, technically, so... Definitely no. The principle of Sealand definitely. <laughs> but but I'm saying that if we moved if we moved the obelisk from the center of St. Peter's, okay, I think you'd have enough space. Well, maybe we some the, maybe the some weird sight lines. Like a, yeah, some weird sight lines. Weird sight lines. It's like sure. it's like playing in a fucking baseball stadium. There are weird sight lines. Oh no, you're playing in St. Peter's Square. Oh no. Saint fucking happens. Square okay, let's make it happen, Bridge. guys. <laughs> Plus, if you play your games in Vatican City, we can use the smoke to tell if uh, we're going to overturn the call. I like that. I like I that. Love, I love that so much. Holy shit. <laughs> we go now. Black smoke. The we go, we go now stands. to our replay crew in the Sistine Famous Chapel. Interception. We go now to our replay booth in the Sistine Chapel. Let's see what the result That's is. I have named this episode. It is Habemus Interception. There we go. Done. And the replay officials are infallible. Yeah. Get the apostolic nuncio as the head ref. Absolutely. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Please let us do this. God. Yeah. Hey, hey, Vatican, listen up, okay? Someone tweet Pontifex and let them know we have ideas. That's at Pontifex. <laughs> We're going to get blocked by the Pope. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Squad goals. If you get, Please do this. If you, get, if you get blocked by the Pope. Well, I'm not Catholic, but I feel like that still doesn't have, let's say they're right about the afterlife. Maybe say that they're the correct ones. I mean, Martin I, Luther probably got blocked by the Pope. I mean, he would have gotten blocked by the Pope. He was I mean, like yes, I guess. Yeah. Poster, yes. Right? About as blocked yeah. as you can be. Yes. <laughs> Martin Luther would have if, needed those extra, those extra character counts. He would have had Twitter blue. Oh, he absolutely, he, he would if, not have paid for Twitter blue though. No, that's right. <laughs> if you get. <laughs> No, I'm cutting that because I don't want to be responsible for any of this. <laughs> no, do not encourage, I'm bleeping do not that all. Our... I'm bleeping all that shit out. I'm going to leave it in, but bleep it because we're not doing that. You know one person who I think who who follows us that could probably get blocked by the Pope? But I think that's three-year Letterman. So <laughs> I think he can pull it off. How many SEC champions does Vatican City have? Zero. No, that's right. Zero. That's right. You don't have a corner booth at the nearest Meepo Brady's. Pope, you got nothing. <laughs> 
Uh, I laughed too hard. Uh, podcast oh. left. <laughs> well, since this is March, it is the Ides of March, and we are knee deep into basketball. I think it's time for some of that. Basketball, give me, give me, give me the ball because I'm gonna dunk it. Basketball, and we do the things, and it's the tournament, and I'm watching. First off, I want to say thank you to everyone again who voted in our poll. That was great. I will have the full bracket up tomorrow, which would be the 16th. I'm finally home, so I have my computer again. I can do it. Uh, yeah. The game the, started at like 11 a.m., I think. Oh, yeah. No, I'll get it. I'll get it before that. Don't worry. All right. I could don't, watch don't at noon. There's still time. Well, there won't be time probably, but as of time of recording, there's still time to enter our bracket pool. There we go. There is. Our fail bracket pool, which I think we're over a thousand people in this thing. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, it's beautifully I'm, dumb. I'm giving the, the prize, or we're giving the prize away of, we'll bevel any logo. Of course, it, it, it can't be like really inoffensive. I mean offensive, sorry, not inoffensive. But it, it cannot be profane or offensive in any way. But we will bevel the logo of your choice. Um, I'm really hoping uh, that somebody asks us to like, you know, bevel some weird fast food restaurant. Uh, like some really hyper local fast food restaurant and just yeah. them following us uh, for no reason except that we played with their logo in a graphic design machine. So that's what I'm hoping for. But choose whatever logo. I don't care if it's like some local, uh, you know, muffler shop or whatever um, or a team up to you. As long as you uh, get the most wrong, the quickest. Oh, rest in peace, Hanks. Septic tanks and snow cones. That's right. <laughs> Thanks and snow cone. So, pick girl, I want you to walk me through the game last night. Oh, like your 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 viewing. Of I don't it. even know where to start with this. I should actually probably start with what I alluded to at the beginning of the show, which is that in addition to Pitt tipping off at, I'm sorry, I, we're gonna go back a step because Beth just yep. put in the chat that it th that was an actual business. Please elaborate. Yeah. <laughs> Wait, wait, hold wait, on, hold time on. Out. wait, what? That's real. Yeah, this is an actual business in Marion Center. I, mean, I 100% believe yep. that. Like, but like, please elaborate. Yeah. It was a business that, uh, like, a dude had his like septic service truck and would sell snow cones <laughs> out of it, as best I understand. I would love to know how he passed the healthcare inspection for that. I, uh, I, no, pass. I pass. <laughs> pass. I, I want to know. There's flavors you I wanna, can no, find seriously, one place. Seriously, I want to know if he leaned into the snow cone flavors using the septic tank thing. Like, I mean, lemon was there only. like any, like <laughs> lemon or like extra chocolate chunk? Uh, oh, I no, mean, no, 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 no. <laughs> No, no. I, I want to know if he leaned into it. You said it was a real business, Beth. Did did, it, did that happen or no? I I don't oh, know. Yeah. I never saw this place operate. Oh, okay. I've I've only heard of it through local legend. <laughs> oh, so. okay. It's a local legend. Yes. Okay. Yeah. So if you ever want to go to beautiful Indiana County, home of Jimmy Stewart and Hank Septic Tanks and Snow Cones, and send back a field report, if you can find the former proprietor, that would be wonderful. Hey, well then. God, I know this exists now. This episode is just a whole pile of like, this exists. What the fuck? Mm -hmm. The off season Welcome is magic. Committee, everybody. 
Hey, Jordan, I put in the chat uh, yeah. this video that I think Pit Girl is going to talk about. Oh. So oh, if you yeah. want to open that up in the thing. Oh, yeah, um, here. Yes. I, I will say before that that I should start with the fact that Pit tipped off at 9 and I had to be awake early today. Uh, and I knew that I had to be awake early today, yesterday. So I've been on one for the last like 48 hours. It's been great. Um, so, uh, video loading. Um, but yes, uh, I got you right here. Um, okay, here we go. This is volume. I don't think it has any volume. Time. Um, for the listener, you probably saw this because the committee tweeted it, uh, but it is the uh, Southeast Missouri State mascot walking along a hallway and all of the logos for the first four teams that played yesterday are on the wall and he walks up and it's a bird with teeth because of course it's a bird with teeth. And the pit logo just unsticks itself from the wall and the P separates itself from the I and the T and the T and it just all falls to the ground, which is the most pit thing to ever happen ever 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 uh it tw- pit twitter was so fatalistic after this point they were just like well we're doomed it's a good run guys we're yep we're doomed um so that happened before tip um worth noting also and beth i apologize for highlighting this but it was an omen um that towards the end of the texas a&m corpus christi southeast missouri, missouri state game the, the clock did stop at 13.9 seconds so, God damn it! <laughs> Wish we could screen cap Beth's face when she, like her expression, because it was beautiful. Those, but th- that number keeps showing up for some mm-hmm. reason. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> her face. I'm She's gonna, so mad. I'm gonna, I'm, gonna, I'm, gonna hold, I'm gonna hold a competition on the account this off season. Like, guess the number of jelly beans in a jar. I'm gonna put 139 jelly beans in there. <laughs> Beth is like like st- staring daggers it's into great. your heart right it's now. It's great. You know what? You know what? All the love. L- l- mm-hmm. Love you, Beth. Don't don't. No, mm-hmm. I'm not. I'm not joining in on this. I don't want Beth on. I, I don't want to get on Beth's bad side. I'm. I, it's kind of scary. So you know, I'm, I'm gonna stay there. <laughs> I respect her a lot, and I think she can hurt me, even though she's she's not that tall. <laughs> yes, so. she can. Uh, and then I, I remember that she talked about on the podcast at one point that she has a sword. So I am, I'm going to stay on the good side of the, the blade, so to speak. <laughs> Can't wait till this podcast becomes, you know, uh, evidence one a in my, my murder trial. Our podcast <laughs> becomes part of a true crime podcast. There we go. Oh my God. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> it's our own special version of Inception. Oh my God. <laughs> so how, late, how late did the game go last night? Oh, it was late. It ended. I think it was probably 1130. I can like scroll back through my tweets and look, uh, but I ended up being up very late because by the the lead changed a bunch of times. Mississippi State is the worst three point shooting team in the entire country. And of course, they were oh, yeah. like shooting the lights out in the whole first half of the game. Pitt's starting center out, uh, starting center, the delightfully named Federico, Federico um, is out with a knee injury. So God love him. Uh, Guillermo Diaz Graham, who is seven feet tall and looks like he probably doesn't weigh all that much more than I do, and I am two feet shorter than he is, was uh, the starting center and was just getting bullied. The one thing that really worked in Pitt's favor with this, like Jeff Capel low-key playing 5D chess, is that because the Diaz is Graham, because there are two of them, there's also Jorge, 
are so skinny that you like bump into them at all and they immediately go flying and they just draw fouls like crazy. Okay. So that helps. Yeah. Mississippi State opens by draining a three. They tra- drain. They got like four of six in the first half of the game. Again, mind you, they were shooting like 30% from three, maybe for the rest of the season. And things are bad, but Pitt finds a way uh, down like they like 20 lead changes or something insane like that they did a really good job defending tolu smith actually and it was just like anxiety 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 there is and please forgive me i have to like go dig around but there pit i just cut cut the silence so i can read this that's fine okay um i should have brought this up but that would require me to be prepared for the podcast which i never ever am apparently he oh yeah apparently he's seven foot tall and weighs 205 yeah <laughs> What the hell? Yeah. Um, I personally would like to sign up for the make the twins mac and cheese meal train. Yes. Because they're both that tall and weigh that much. Please, please eat things. Um, it's that Mediterranean diet. Yeah, really. It's lots of hamoni birico and that's it. <laughs> and almonds. Okay. Opta stats for the outcome of the, the pit game last night. Pitt is the only D1 team in the last 25 seasons, including tournaments, other like the NCAA tournament, all other tournaments, to score 60 or fewer points. Pitt scored exactly 60 points last night. Shoot 35% or worse on two-pointers. Shoot 60% or worse on free throws. Get out-rebounded by 20 or more and still win the game. Hail to Pitt. Y'all are yes, on your we absolutely <laughs> are, and we're probably... Well, no, I'm not going to say we're probably going to do anything because we're probably not going to do anything, but like... We are so on our bullshit right now that I would genuinely not be surprised if we like pulled off some black magic fuckery in the big dance. I would be very surprised, but I would also not be surprised. <sighs> the pit experience. <laughs> and I, I assume you're that confident about West Virginia too, right, Beth? Everything <laughs> to is To be pain. clear, I'm not confident about anything. I'm just talking shit. <laughs> oh, yeah. Listen, it can't possibly go any worse than it would for IUP last weekend. Sorry, IUP. Did not go well? Uh, they went out in, they went out as the top seed last week. It happens. happens. Sorry, Redhawks. I assume that Corpus Christi A&M got boosted by all our island talk. They got hype. I'm going to say yes. I'm going to say yes, too. Um, The sickos bump is real. It is. I mean, we took down SEMO. They took down SEMO. It's, it's just ridiculous. Uh, Like there's another account and they just posted photos of, (laughs) <laughs> the the island thing <laughs> or the the Texas A and I'm just gonna call it Texas A and M Corpus Christi's campus region <laughs> area, uh, so we don't want to you know rehash it again. And it, and it's it's got like four thousand likes, and it's just like that that they posted that today, like after yesterday all day, us just yelling about the campus, and so I, I just linked it again. I linked their tweet that had four thousand, but is it <laughs> just to, telling me just to do that again? Because you know it, it's fun. It, it's just a harmless thing to just debate about. I mean, I, I you know, it's a lot of fun. A lot of ask, a lot of ask me if anybody I... starting shit on the Twitter account. Or are you just mad that Kenneth is like stealing your bit? Oh, he's stealing my bit, and I love it. <laughs> uh, I'm actually. I a lot of asked me if I had yet to send an email to the geology department, or like. <laughs> One of the departments at Corpus Christi a to see what they think. So I'm going to do that tomorrow. Well, I'm very uh, – so there was somebody in the replies that somebody that used to work for the university said that she was upset 
that she had to say the island word in, in the middle of like on the correspondence when oh, yeah. they would say like you know we want you to come to our little island and she was like it's not an island it's a peninsula and then like other people below her were like arguing but like nobody was was like nobody was like this is ridiculous like like getting hostile in mentions they were just like it's an island I'll, I'll leave it at that and they wouldn't really like fight with each other which was which is great people were just clear on the sides uh, of of it and it's just it's just funny it, it's ridiculous you can get a geology major at texas a&m corpus christi so of course you can of course, of course you can they are not the sea aggies though i did find out there are sea aggies See Aggies. Yeah, Texas A&M Galveston, which is not which is not a separate campus. It is part of the A&M proper, but like they, they have that they're called the Sea Aggies. Do they have a sports team? No. Oh God. I'm Sea Cow they... and I don't <laughs> like you. Yeah, we're the Sea Cows. Sea Aggies That's just probably... makes me imagine like sea... Dutch Texas A&M fans. <laughs> Is it too late to change the pronunciation of our group from sickos to sea cows? <laughs> we just want to be the manatees. I mean, I'm, what's yeah, going on here? You know. I love that. Island life. Well, peninsula, I don't know. <laughs> Texas A&M University at Galveston, Galveston is an ocean-oriented branch of Texas A&M University, <laughs> offering both undergraduate and graduate degrees. Students enrolled at Texas A&M University at Galveston, known affectionately as Sea Aggies. Share the benefits of students attending Texas A&M campus and college station. Texas A&M Galveston is located on Pelican Island. Which is a real island. Which is a real island. Which is a real fucking island. I don't know. There's a bridge. I'm just joking. This must be where you learn how to do the like offshore oil platforms, right? Yeah, it's got to be offshore engineering and, and stuff. They also have their own like marine ROTC. Like our Navy hour Uh Yeah, but no, the sea Aggies exist. It's like we, it's like we took Aggies, took Aggies, and they genetically modified them or bred them to be able to oxygenate water. Well, and they have they have a seal who's sea misrow. When when they opened Texas A and M San Antonio a few years ago, I wish they would have had like a really good nickname, and they didn't. They just called them the Jaguars. I was like, come on, you got to give us a better nickname than the Jaguars here. It's just, it's no fun. Like, I mean, sea Aggies? I mean, what? I mean, the Alamo Aggies. Yeah, I mean, give us something like that. You know, but give us the Jaguar. Come on, there's no Jaguars in San Antonio. Well, if we're being specific, basically all Jaguars are Panthers, which are basically all the same thing as fucking Cougars and Lions and the people have spoken and words aren't real. I don't know how many times we have to reiterate. (laughs) Definitely, words aren't real because when I first moved to San Antonio, there was a section of town called Leon Valley. And I was like, why is there a valley named after Leon? And and then I realized that Leon is a Spanish word for lion. So uh, that, that that took me a month, and I, I was very embarrassed by that. And I'm just admitting that on the podcast right now. So, yes. We have some <laughs> we have some NIT news, y'all. Yes. Ooh. Uh, Rutgers lost <laughs> the NIT. Rutgers uh, men's. To Hofstra. I feel like they got out-Italianed. I will say that. Hofstra the Hoff, Jimmy, Jimmy, the Hoff, Hofstra. That's what he's named after, right? Do not worry, gentle, gentle listeners. We are doing the fingers. Yes. Oh yeah, absolutely. Just violently. Wait, 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 wait. Uh, also in the NIT, Eastern Washington has steals uh, 
Oh. A win from Washington State. Oh. There's a player on Eastern Washington. His name is Steel Ventners. And I cannot help but think of that Michael Bolton song, Steel Bars. Every that's, time I hear his name. That's what you think of? Yeah, you're yes. not, not Blue Steel? No. Steel Bars. Okay, sure. And I blame that on Holly Anderson and, and her reference to that on the floor. Yeah, okay, that's true. So I, I'll give you that. So um, Steel Venter, Venters was wrapped around the Washington State players. All right. So so tell me about, uh, God, I say this wrong. Fairly Dickinson? It is Fairly Dickinson, yes. Fairly. Um, so, so it's like, it's it's not mostly Dickinson, it's Fairly Dickinson. That's correct. Okay. And our Knights uh, beat the the dream of a the dream of a 20 loss team in uh the 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 big dance not to be Texas Southern got knocked out tonight. Yeah, they did. I watched part of it. It was not particularly close. But Fairly Dickinson did a fairly good job with the game. They did. And apparently they are tiny boys. Yes, they are the shortest. They are the shortest current. They're definitely the shortest team in the tournament. They might be the shortest team in like all of D1. Um, I have to go back and check. It says they're the smallest team in college basketball since 2006. <laughs> Tiny. And of course, they're going to play Purdue next with seven foot four Zach Eady. He'll be fine. Is it illegal for them to put like one of the guys on the other guy's shoulders so then they're tall enough? <laughs> fucking, fucking Harlem Globetrotters this shit. <laughs> if if someone just walks over you like Clifford the Big Red Dog, is that a charge? <laughs> I don't think it makes contact. If you, if but if I feel like you try to like swap up and sl- like slam your hand into his nuts, that may actually. That's <laughs> pro- probably a, fr- a flagrant two. That's a yeah. yeah. Probably gonna get a flagrant on that. It's only a flagrant two if you hit both of them. Right. Like, yeah, just flagrant one other. Could be. They have to review that. <laughs> just like just just like you're walking through like as a tall dude you walk through your door you want to come up and just like tap the top of the door yeah he steps yeah. up you just want to go oh up and just god. like boom fucking go for it oh my god uh, we didn't have a podcast last last spring so we didn't get the chance to talk about commission's son's excellent bracket last year <laughs> he no he was your your son's bracket was impressive enough. It got news coverage. It did. Uh, so N- Nicole Auerbach of of the Athletic, she interviewed me. You know, basically, even though the committee was going a little bit last year, but not really anything during March. And then she interviewed us later this year. She was like, "Oh my God, you were, your son! I interviewed you about your son." She remembered me and my phone number, and and it was my son. Uh, she wanted to speak with anybody who picked St. Peter's St. Peter's Peacock. To, to go to the Elite Eight. And it was my, my four-year-old kid. He picked St. Peter's to go to the Elite Eight. He did have two other 15 seeds uh, that, that, that were in the Elite Eight also. So his, his total bracket percentage was not that great, which I entered his bracket this year into our fail bracket section, <laughs> uh, just, just for the fun of it, because I don't know how it's going to go. Mm-hmm. Uh, but he has some interesting picks. He does not have any one seeds making it to the Sweet 16. Yep. Um, no chalk. He no has chalk. no no chalk whatsoever. And and what I do is I basically I, I try to nudge him like, hey, let's go. I I mean, come on, man, 16 seed, you're not going to do this. And he's just like, no, I can say Northern Kentucky Norse. I can say that. And so he picks them. And his final four is fantastic. It's it's an absolutely amazing final four. Uh, I don't want to go too far into detail, but it's Virginia four seed Virginia uh, versus. 10 seed USC. Yeah. 
And then on the other side of the bracket, it is the 11 seed Pitt Panthers, which he really enjoyed saying the Pitt Panthers. And then I think his favorite team to try to say, and he had really, really, really fun time pronouncing pronouncing this team's name, uh, the Gonzaga Bulldogs. Uh, <laughs> so he called them the Gumzaga Bulldogs. So, um, and then in the championship game, he's got Gumzaga, as he called it, versus Virginia. And he has Gonzaga winning it all. And the tiebreaker pick for the final score is he has Gonzaga winning nine to seven. Cool. Yeah. You know, with Virginia basketball, he might not be wrong. I know. I got a lot of replies with that. Like with Virginia basketball, they they were like Tony Elliott masterclass. I'm excited for so when the the actual tournament starts in in truth tomorrow, correct? Yes. Uh, well, the actual tournament is on right yeah. now. Uh, Arizona State is beating Nevada it for is, the other 11 to game. The first four counts. Nevada. Don't at me. Um, Wait, but but the, the the NCAA does not count this, do they? No, they do. Yeah, it's they do. a field of 68. No, they do. Okay, okay, yes. it's okay. But the yes, what what is indisputably. The big dance uh, starts at noon in the correct time zone tomorrow, Thursday. I didn't like your time zone, by the way. That's too bad. I didn't like being there. I didn't like being there, especially on the time, the leap forward weekend. Yeah, that's too. not ideal. No, it's just so my body was completely fucked. Dude, it's like you were in Newfoundland. You know? Yeah. Yep. Basically, was, seriously, you were a newfie for for a day. Newfie for a day. Should have decided right. to be on one of those like weird thirty-minute time zones just for a day. That's right. It's it's <laughs> great. I, I mean, it threw me off when I went to Mountain Time to go to New Mexico. I was like, "Holy crap, it's Mountain Time!" I didn't realize it. Like El Paso was Mountain Time. I'm like, but I'm still in Texas. Oh, going that direction <laughs> for time zone changes is the best though, because it's the only time in my life that I'm ever not yeah. late for things. No, I was just I was super early for everything, and I was like, "Why are the bars not open?" It's like mm-hmm. noon. I'm like, "Oh, it's only 11. Oh man, I'm late for breakfast. I'm like, oh, it's only eight a.m. Uh, just the mountain time was great. I I really enjoyed the mountain time vacation. I want to do it again later this year, and and hopefully I can make some trips for some football games later this year. I think it's time for part three of our thirty nine part series. That's right. The best season of all time for teams who are below five hundred all time, or besot for five hundred at. Can you like do like a. I don't know. This is one of those sound effects where it just sounds like all the words are jumbled together. Oh yeah. But like that sounds jumbled enough. You may not even have to do anything with it. No, I'll have some. It needs to have more like Gregorian chant energy. Like, so what? What? Five hundred. I like that. Okay, Okay, you need to chant chant that at the Pope, and they'll definitely play a football game there. Uh huh. Exactly. Well, I was thinking that, or like you get really good at pronouncing it, and it's like that video of the English TV broadcaster pronouncing that one Welsh Welsh town correctly. Yeah. Oh yes, yes. Mm. Just rolls off the tongue. Yeah. Who is our team today, Kamesh? I had trouble trying to pick the next team. So I randomly put up a poll of four teams without any context except yeah, I, had like no the, I had no clue the fuck you were doing. The vote emoji. Perfect. So I didn't I didn't put anything. I just put this like I put the vote emoji, which is just it just looks like a ballot box. So the four teams that I put up it was Akron, Temple, New Mexico, and Colorado State. So I, I did the poll for like I think it was almost twenty four hours when I put that up. I, I did give context maybe like an hour or two later with a quote tweet, but I didn't give any more context 
uh, when I retweeted it like twice. So Colorado State randomly, I'm sorry, narrowly won this random poll that I conducted. Mm-hmm. So they they barely won it. Uh, they had 29%. New Mexico was 28. Akron was 27. And I think Temple was lagging behind with the remainder there. And, and, and I'm not looking at the tweet. So I don't know. Temple, we, I, we may do this in the future because this is fun uh, for all these teams that, you know, they're, they're below 500 all time. Um, one Wyoming person uh, quote tweeted the poll and said, hey, look, Colorado State could actually win something. And I'm like, oh, damn. <laughs> oh, shit. <laughs> like, oh, oh, shit. I think his name was Jared. Shout out, Jared. That was a nice burn there. Um, because, I mean, that's your hated rival, Wyoming. Um, so <laughs> in going in Colorado State's history, I had to go through a couple of different teams because there was a few teams that had uh, high points for Colorado State, but I don't think they were the highest highs. And if you want to disagree with us, that's fine. Um, but I'm going to go off a criteria that I just basically made up and it's in my head. So sorry for that. Yeah. Um, the the 1949 Colorado A&M, which they used to be known as Colorado A&M, uh, they finished nine and one. Uh, they did lose to rival Wyoming and w- Wyoming actually won the Skyline Conference. So I want to shout out that team. But I don't think that's the best team of all time for Colorado State. Also, 1997 Colorado State, uh, they were 11 and two. The NCAA credits uh, them being 12 and one. But however, they lost to rival Colorado in I believe it's called the Rocky Mountain, you know, classic battle and everything like that. But the Colorado refuses to change their record, so technically, technically they. I mean, they lost that game, and I don't think you want your best season of all time to have a loss to one of your main rivals. So that's what. No, you, you don't. don't. You, you don't. Really don't. You really don't. That's right. <laughs> Thank you, Beth. What was the controversy of the game then? Like, why is why is the record wrong? So Colorado did something, and and basically they, there were some violations, uh, and NCA counts it as a forfeited win. And they credit it to Colorado State. I, okay. I couldn't find out what it is. Colorado's like, I am not changing their record. Colorado finished five and six that year. And, you know, really, it's it's not good to to lose to a team for your best season of all time where they have an under 500 record. Yeah. 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 Uh, 1997 yeah. Colorado was five and six. All five of their wins were forfeited for use of an ineligible player per Wikipedia. Wikipedia does not elaborate about that. It didn't. It didn't say further than that, and I, I couldn't dig further. I was trying to, but uh, limited oh. time because I. I so yeah. the one that I'm going to go with as their best season of all time, I, I'm going with the 1915 Colorado Agricultural Aggies yeah. football team. That's right. Nice. So agricultural Aggies. The Agricultural Aggies. I love it. I wish I could have found a logo mm-hmm. of an Agricultural Aggie. It's beautiful name. It's amazing. I just it's like the CAA. Your your abbreviation is CAA, but they were technically called Colorado Agricultural College, uh, which they eventually turned into Colorado State University. Uh, they participated in the Rocky Mountain Conference uh, during the 1915 college football season. Uh, it was in their fifth season under head coach Harry W. Hughes. Their field is named after Harry Hughes, I believe, even though they changed the stadiums. Uh, they finished a perfect 7-0. and They won the Rocky Mountain Conference Championship, and they outscored all opponents by a total of 244-7. to 
to 31. Ooh. Yeah. Three of their players, the Colorado Agricultural Aggies, received all conference of honors. Uh, that was guard Frank Wilson, center Charles Shepardson, and end Ralph with the nickname Sag Robinson. So it makes me think that he had saggy pants, but I, I don't know. I couldn't verify this stuff. It's 1915. It's, it's, it's a long time ago. Uh, 1915 remains the only time in, in Colorado State's history that they compiled a perfect season. They got close in 1916. They finished 6-1-1. One, and one, But really, that's kind of the closest they've ever come to being undefeated. So 1915 is the shining undefeated moment for the Colorado State Aggies. Right? No, Rams. But, you know, go ahead. No, so I mean, that, some, we'll call, this is, these are the Aggies. We'll call them that. Let's do it. We'll call them the Aggies here for this. the purposes of this. And uh, there's Agricultural Rams. Yeah, agricultural Rams. And as so opposed, the abbreviation. As opposed to the domestic Rams. So I love their abbreviation would be the Colorado Agricultural Rams, and it, their abbreviation just be CAR. CAR. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Some fans, 100 years later, claim this team as national champions based on their points against the competition ratio. I say claim it, Colorado State. The committee yeah, gives you yeah. this national championship. Claim it. I am not crediting 1915 Cornell, I believe, who's the one that won it. I don't. I don't. Well, uh, uh, there's there's another there's another team that year that you may want to actually credit. Yes. Oh, okay. Who was that? Hello. That's a pit year. fine. Colorado State. Um, yes. Yeah, Cornell, Minnesota, Oklahoma, and Pitt have been selected as national champions for 1915. Only what's, Cornell what's and Pitt claim 1915. What's another one? Let's let's just do another one. Like five people claim claim it. Now, I mean, what's the big deal? Do it. Hang the banner in your new fancy stadium, yeah. Colorado State. Do it. Um, it won't take away from Pitt's claim. I'll just say that. I so, mean, can you can you really trust a Pitt team to only beat Allegheny by 42 to seven? <laughs> I don't, I don't know. Can you? Only beat Penn 14 to 7. Penn was this probably seems like, good then. That was probably actually. Oh, hey, they played the Carlisle Indian School then. Huh. They did. That's pre-Jim Thorpe, uh, yeah. I think so. This is Pop Warner's, this is Pop Warner's first year at, at Pitt. It'd be close. Yeah. Hmm. Uh, so the, the Colorado Agricultural Aggies that year, they played, uh, the, this 1915 year, they played at Colorado, at Utah, Home against Utah Agricultural, which is Utah State, I believe now. Yes. Then at home against Colorado School of Mines at Wyoming for the border war. And this was only, y'all, this was only 16 years after that first game we talked about earlier, where people like threw fists at the fucking Colorado State Wyoming game in Larry for round one. Say the, say the, Jim, say the, Jim Thorpe's time at the Colorado Indian School ended in 1912. So, yeah, we're close, but not quite. Say, say the score for the Wyoming, for the Colorado State fans. Uh, 48, 48 to 0. Absolutely just took the, took the stick to them. Uh, something called Colorado College. I think, I, I don't know what that is. They no longer have a team. Yeah. It was continued in 2008. And then Denver, which I don't think has a football team either anymore. No. R.I.P. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, the Denver Broncos. No. Uh, <laughs> I wanted the Dallas Cowboys. I wanted the Dallas Cowboys. And even that joke nowadays doesn't hold water. No, it doesn't. Only from a Simpsons episode that's, you know, they're 25 years old. That's right. So. Uh, will you drop it? Will you uh, drop that picture of the coach in the in the chat, Commission? Oh, is it? Oh, I'll, I'll copy it. But it's on the dock. So this dude's like amazing. This guy is great. Oh, Why that is, that is a good it? picture. Oh. It's not letting me copy. My it. dude's about to drop his mixtape. In so far as there was one of those in 1915. He's, yeah, he's a 
He's a fun looking dude. I mean, this this is the meanest looking dude I've ever seen, man. Like this dude. (laughs) I mean, oh my god! Like he he just looks so angry, and I would not. I would be afraid to talk to this coach. I honestly, just looking at that picture and him holding the football like that, uh, the Colorado coach, you know, Harry Hughes, just. Just, I mean, this. Oh my God, it, we can probably slap a parental advisory on that one. That would probably work. <laughs> the little label on the corner—it'd be beautiful. Of course, but, y'all. You know that he was not only the head football coach at Colorado Agriculture slash Colorado A and M. He was also, say it with me now, the basketball coach and the athletic right. director and, yes. and the athletic director. Thank you very much. It's beautiful. It was amazing. So. Uh, after like his time at Colorado State, which he spent a lot of time there, yeah. um, he was given the nickname uh, the Dean of American Football Coaches by sports writers and fellow coaches for his many seasons at one school. Uh, he was famously known as one of the most fair and sportsmanlike football coaches in America. Uh, which is how you don't win championships. Yeah, I mean, and that's why we credited in the national championship to 1915. We got to give this to him. He's staring at me right now. And and I you you get this title and then he'll probably would would refuse it honestly, uh, if he's that fair and sportsmanlike he he'd be that guy in the timeout that that basketball game like coach it came off me but you know definitely it just actually I mean like this this guy um, he was known as a tough but fair coach he was a strict disciplinarian in 1914 known as the million dollar play. Ooh. And I was trying to find like a diagram of this million dollar play because I really want to know what the hell this play was. All I could find. Hang on, I'm adjusting that play for inflation. <laughs> yeah, hold up, yeah, yeah. Do it. Let's. What, what would it be called nowadays? A million dollar play. Uh, the twenty. Yeah, twenty nine million six hundred twenty thousand seven hundred ninety two dollar and eight cent play. Go. Really oh, right off the top. That's right. <laughs> So it's poetic, really. What, what they said that this play was, it was a triple pass. It was an end around play based on the single wing formation, and it helped Hughes lead his teams to national fame. So, I mean, you, you, you know, I love the double pass. I would always tweet out the double passes, but this is a triple pass with an end around. And oh my God, if we could find video of this. Someone, anybody finds it, let me know what it is. I want to see what the hell this play is because I, I want to see if anybody's trying to run this nowadays too. It, it's amazing. If you coach high school it. football, please replicate this and send us tape. Oh. Yeah. Some <laughs> D3 school. Someone. It's amazing. Teal. Teal. Yes. Do it. Well, Kamish, thank you for go- we're telling us the lovely story of the 1915 we're gonna call them the Aggies, I guess. There's plenty more, by the way. Oh, go oh, sorry, keep going. Oh yeah, oh, I got a lot more notes on this. Hey, there, no. there is, there, there is plenty more. Let so it, let us continue yeah. our journey. So he, the Colorado State and athletic director, was an Oklahoma grad, um, and he served as assistant for Oklahoma, and then he got the job at Colorado State. Uh, they posted seven losing seasons in a row. There, before he got there, there were six, twenty-four, and five at that time, and only two members of the team were actually. Colorado State students. So he they had ringers that, that were really bad. What were they? They were horrible ringers. I'll just say that. What the fuck? So so he dismissed all the ringers 
and he appealed to the students to try out for the team. He barely found enough players to play the 1911 season. Uh, they finished 0-6 in his first year. Um, after the first school year, he and his team cleared the playing field of rocks. They graded it, <laughs> they planted grass, and they put up grandstands. So, <laughs> so amazing, right? So they were playing in a boulder field yes. with nowhere for anyone to sit. Yes. God, this is Love beautiful. Let's, let's, his teams over the next three years, 1912, 1913, and 1914, went nine and eight. They were three and two, three and two, and then three and four before the 1915 season. Uh, the 1915 Colorado State season, the 7-0 finish again is the only perfect record and, and really the first of the eight conference titles that he would win. He reigned as coach for 32 seasons, uh, going 126, 92, and 18, and he was athletic director until 1953. He was inducted into the Helms Foundation Hall of, uh, I'm sorry, Hall of Fame, and the stadium was named after him. Colorado State in 1915 won every game by more than a touchdown, including uh, 21-9 at 5-2 Utah, 35-0 at 4-2 Colorado Mines, and then 24-13 at 6-2 Colorado College. Those three teams only lost to Colorado State and to each other, but they, they played a few meaningful intersectional games, which probably why they didn't get much national notoriety and love for the national championship. Now, I want to delve into a little bit of some weirdness that I found associated with this here. Okay. Um, so for the time before Hughes got to Colorado State, um, they would always play Colorado, and Colorado would beat them mercilessly. Like, they would never, ever beat uh, Colorado at all. Colorado State would just get crushed. There was one point in, like, 1899 or something that uh, they were beat, I think, like, 73 nothing uh, by Colorado, but they still played them. So I got that little rice thing in my head. <laughs> they, they played them, because, not because it's easy, yeah. uh, but later. So once they both joined the, the Rocky Mountain Conference, they still had not beaten Colorado until 1912. So the second year of, uh, you know, Hughes' tenure as the head coach. Uh, that year, a member of the Alpha Pi Lambda fraternity introduced an English bulldog to Colorado Agricultural College. And as found in the Colorado State University archives, Peanuts the Bulldog rose to fame after interrupting an early morning music performance on campus. Fascinated by the <laughs> fascinated students accepted him as their unofficial mascot. Peanuts watched the Aggies win the Rocky Mountain Showdown in 1912, 1915, of course, the year we're talking about, 1916, and win the uh, Rocky Mountain Athletic Conference Championship in, in 1915 we're talking about. He was the spirited cheerleader and a good luck charm for the Aggies against uh, Colorado until 1918. On the brisk morning of April 28th, 1918, the Aggies found Peanuts dead on campus. Yes. No, not Peanuts. No. A column in the Rocky Mountain Collegian reported that the beloved Peanuts had been poisoned. What? Rumors spread that a Colorado student had murdered Peanuts, riling up the Aggies for vengeance. In 1919, Colorado State swept the Rocky Mountain Showdown 49-7. Peanuts' death changed the rivalry's tone. It was no longer just a football rivalry, but also a social rivalry. 
Rest in peace, peanuts. This is where we take our true true crime turn. We do a that- we do cereal about the maybe murder of Peanuts the dog. <laughs> it was, it was There's a link somewhere to that. It's it like I put uh, I put the link in it if you want to delve in it further. <laughs> it's amazing. I found some merch. I was trying to find a book um, about the 1915 Colorado Agricultural Aggies. I found a program of the Colorado College versus Colorado Agricultural Aggies program on eBay. It's it can be yours for the low low price of one hundred ninety seven dollars and fifty cents. Wow! Right now, if you if you buy it now, um, I linked some photos of the weights of the players. So I know you really enjoyed that. So like you can see like the starting lineman, the the heaviest player that they had on the team was two hundred ten pounds, and he was the starting right guard. <laughs> <laughs> they averaged one hundred and seventy six pounds. It, it's absolutely amazing. I think the lightest player they had on the Colorado Aggies team was 145 pounds mm. on the Colorado college lineup. Uh, they averaged 163 pounds. I think they had somebody, uh, yeah, coming in at the weight of 137 <laughs> playing for them. It was, it was, actually, it was just ridiculous. It, it was just fun to see something like that. I did find another book too. Uh, it says from Aggies to Rams. And it, it, the only thing that I found it was the history of Colorado State football uh, by Joe Hearn, H-I-R-N. Um, and it's only available for sale via hardcover for $89.98. So if you really want to study the Colorado State football history, you're going to have to pony up a little bit of money here. <laughs> like the New Mexico State book, I could get it for like eight bucks. <laughs> so. Dang, textbook lobby. I'd like to read read y'all a poetry about a poem about Coach Hughes. This is from the Rocky Mountain Collegian from November 25th, 1915, after the season, after he won. Four years ago, when the coach was new, the money low and the team blamed bad, Hughes took hold with his pair play view and handed the people the best he had. He met defeat that was far from sweet, but he kept on plugging away. So the coach once knew with this fair play view, is the hero of this Thanksgiving day. So, I mean, he didn't get a book written about him, but he got a poem. So I think that's, that's probably better. Good. <laughs> also, also, so, also some fancy fucking hats in this, uh, in this, in this, some, in this, uh, this, uh, this. They, they got some serious hats, man. They were just going through these hats. I think I took a picture of the, the 15, uh, 1915 team. It's, it's amazing. We do love a fancy hat. Ew. It was a dollar fifty. It was cheaper to buy that hat and then uh, instead of entering that race. <laughs> Wait, it's in six colors and it's waterproof. Mm-hmm. Wow, waterproof hats, beautiful. I love these ads. I like read them. I, I love old school ads. It's it's amazing. Oh no, a th- yeah, a thousand percent. Uh, I, I'm going to drop a couple more pictures for y'all in this of this article from these uh, <laughs> players here. You're, sorry, Big Bill Strong here for you. He's a swole looking dude. He is a swole looking dude. Yeah, I mean, he's big Bill strong. God purse. He sounds like he would have like a song uh, that you'd have to listen to. <laughs> I mean, the caption of the po- the photo is yet another poem. Yep. Give me two more weeks, said Rothgib, frowning at the Hughes machine, and I agree to make a combination that can beat the golden green. No additional context. Uh, some, some other boys here. I have Tub Wurt. And someone who's only known as Nye. They're all poems. All of the captions are poems. This is amazing. Return. 
I love this so much. Hold on, let me see if I can read that one. Hold on, let's see here. The heavy Fan. punter That's right, I from the that. mind was ready for his cue. The signal flashed, the linesman dashed, but the punt fell, failed flat as West came through. <laughs> there we go. Anyways, this is great. I'll I'll chop this up a little more to post the post because there's some great little poems in here. This is insane. I love this. Yeah. Yeah, it's just one that I mean I wanted to go with the 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 earlier teams, but I, I felt because I mean you got an undefeated team, I'm gonna go with that. If you got an undefeated team, I'm probably gonna lean that way, and you know because I mean maybe maybe I could lean if you have like an undefeated team and like one tie or something, uh, but really I'm gonna I'm gonna go and lean that way. Uh, I'll probably do another random poll uh, like that for the next one. I don't know if I'll keep the the same three that I had previously for the, the podcast coming up when we'll record on Sunday night. But I, I may just do that again and, and just keep an eye out for that on the Twitter account and vote mm-hmm. for who you want to see. It, Akron Temple, New Mexico could be there again, or I'll just pick four different teams because we have 36 parts to go in our 39-part series. <laughs> uh, also, last thing, promise. Basketball season is now here. With the close of football season comes the basketball season. It is not quite as important in the eyes of some people, but we are here in the race to win all five pennants this year, so let's go. In fact, it is just as important and just as much of an honor to get a basketball trophy as it is to get the others. (laughs) Thanks for selling me hard on the concept of basketball. Basketball. Give me the ball because I'm going to duck it. They would just let anyone write fucking poems in here. What the fuck? (laughs) We bring back media yes. guy poetry. I didn't know that I needed this in my life, but I really need this Please. in my life. Okay, so so are we are we gonna do that ourselves? Because nobody else is gonna do that. We may have to do media yes. guy poetry. A fellow listen. walks across I've the never street, to do something big more. blonde with shoulders square. The passersby all notice him. Thompson, otherwise the bear. Nice. Oh, this is very good. This is yeah. so good. I love this. Man, I, I, I mean, I, I'm not good at writing a haiku, so I'm not going to do that. But maybe I could do some rhyming poetry. Oh, yeah. Hey, uh, you don't have to be yeah. good at it. None of these aren't good no. either. Don't worry. It's fine. What's good about them? Oh, yeah. This is objectively very bad poetry. <laughs> we can write poetry. That's bad. Beth That's has fine. an English degree. She knows. <laughs> yeah. She's an English major. He Beautiful. only made one touchdown, for he's been a hopeful sub. But he'll spread the name of family name. Fa- wait. He'll spread the fame of family name. Young Doke, I mean the cub. Ah, <laughs> uh, okay. That's all we have for. Is today. there an M dash in that poem? It feels like there should be an. It is, M-dash it is an M dash. It is an M dash. Yep. Yeah. It is an M dash. Yeah, that felt right. Anyways, I think that's all we have for today. So we need to bring back nicknames and we need to bring back poetry. And really, I feel like this is like a two-step process. <laughs> We got to try. So we got to get yeah, this, some. This year, we're absolutely. I think. I think that's that's an active goal. We cover enough D2 and D3 stuff and FCS stuff. We just start giving nicknames. Oh, yeah. <laughs> we start giving nicknames and then like the D3 and D3, D2 schools start using them. Mm-hmm. If that, if that oh. happens, I mean, I, that, uh, that would make me so happy. Yep. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. Okay, folks. I hope everyone who has teams still in this basketball thing has a good week or at least a good couple of days. And, It'll uh, be a lot of fun. It'll be, it's going to be stressful on the Sickos uh, basketball side of things. Um, definitely, we're going to be posting a poll. So 
hang on to the Sicko CBB account, which we're nearing 25,000 followers. If you're interested in March Madness at all and you listen to our podcast, um, you know, just give us a follow if you're not following already. Vote in the poll. We're going to release that tomorrow morning. Hopefully Jordan will have that out then uh, and he gets some sleep and, and old man will be healed up from his uh, trip to the the Newfoundland time zone, mm-hmm. so to speak. Uh, <laughs> Jordan. Uh, but and then from there, we're going to do a thing which I committed to this bit, which um, I don't know why I did this because I'm realizing after I, I did this today, it's going to be a lot of beveling on my part or Jordan's part. Uh, but anytime you get a win in the NCAA tournament, we are going to bevel your logo. Uh, if you advance again, we were going to bevel it again. We'll rebevel it, um, yes. And then if uh, theoretically you can make it to the title game with your your logo being beveled five or six times. Um, just unrecognizable. Yeah. Just oh, yeah. unrecognizable. And then um, I'm able to do something with gradients that I've learned on the Photoshopping thing where I can – I can gradient the bevel with your school colors. So I uh, do the hex codes and everything like that. So maybe if you make the final four, you could have your logo beveled with uh, a gradient, a fancy gradient of your school color there. And um, it's going to be unrecognizable, but there'll be like an outline of like your tin foiled school logo. And it's going to be great. So stay tuned. No one else will know what it is, but you'll know. I, I will know. And uh, I, I will look forward to, you know, filling up my laptop with an incredible amount of beveled logos because I have to bevel these logos uh, a day in advance because if I'm beveling as a game is going on, it's bad luck. So, <laughs> I do it. No, got to do it early. Got to do it early. Yep. Don't talk about the beveling. Got to do it a day in advance to not mess with the, the uh, basketball or football gods. The commission, Jordan, are just out here beveling, hoping that the next bevel will be the bevel home. <laughs> and another Scott Bakula reference. There Love it me. is. There's the cut. 